You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast, dedicated to projects past that never saw the light of day. With your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambar. I am one of, but not the most important host, Hugh Elliott. And I am potentially another, and most positively not one of the most important hosts. Oh my God. I wonder, Stefan Grambart. I wonder who's the most important host. <laughs> then It's going it, to be you, dear listener. You will be the thing. <laughs> We're going to make you the most important host. That's going to be part of the, it's, pa- uh, the Patreon. <laughs> it's ghost host. Ghost host. There's a contact us page on the, the site, can't sell this podcast.com message us about all sorts of stuff and specifically do you have an idea that you were unable to sell and do you think you'd like to tell us about it i think that'd be amazing i want to mm-hmm. listen stefan this is this is me announcing it here on episode 11 <laughs> i i would think it would be amazing to do a mailbag segment oh yeah so that we can react to people that are you know, you know, my hope is that people discover the contact us form, you know, pretty early on. <laughs> but if you don't, and this is the first time because I'm saying it out loud, go to contact us on our website and and uh, send us a, oh, you know, I had this idea. It, it's just silly. There's literally nothing sillier than an oatmeal breathing superhero. So that's ridiculous. Have at it. You know what I mean? So what do people do if they want to contact us and they don't have the internet? Uh, well, you know, that's a great question. I find it weird that they'd be able to subscribe to a podcast and not have the internet. <laughs> so unless you're... You're right. You're, trying to, you're absolutely right. I'm willing to entertain the notion... 100%. <laughs> they might not have the internet. I, I find it odd that their Victrola would have a... <laughs> You know, waxed pressing of this podcast. So, so you're saying that 100 percent of our our listening audience uh, will have the internet, will have or access, access to, the, to internet. the internet in some way. I hate to be that level of privilege, but yes, I would assume. <laughs> I would assume so. I would assume that the people that listen to this podcast have some manner of access to the internet. We do need to have this conversation. We need to have it with our listeners. I don't think that we. Yeah. I don't think we sh- we should be doing this. Um, Behind closed doors, I think I think it's a conversation no. we should have with the listeners because someone may just say like, "Look, man, we're you know I have a venue. You guys want to do a live thing? We're like, uh, hell yes, we do." So I don't know. <clears throat> Anyways, Stefan, yes, I am going you. to move into the the actual story. Uh, I'm excited. Are are you? I feel like I, I you I know, am. I feel really bad because it, we we tried to record this one. We did, and it it uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We 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 uh, did not succeed. <laughs> Say, it, uh, it with all due respect, it fell victim. With all due respect, to, we had too many beverages. Yes, so much so we, that we couldn't re- we remember got, the episode the next day. No, we got ambitious, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we tried to do three episodes in one night, which I I think is fine. I think if if we were if we weren't, here's the problem, Stefan. Let me tell you the problem. All right, I I, I want to hear the problem. I'm going to find a solution. The problem is 
or sorry, was in that moment. The problem was that we had recorded episodes uh, eight and ten. And episode ten was, I, I apologize to anybody that doesn't like swearing, and I know I, I swear a lot, but it was so fucking funny. I just, I really just, I laughed so much, and we laughed so much telling the jokes while we were doing it, and then the, the episode before that was the, um, I think, Dr. Detective Lawyer, which had some really good bits in it. So, like, we, had, we were riding this high of how funny we were, but then we just... The problem is, is that the, my story is not funny. <laughs> so, so the second I got really serious, we just, it just like downed us both, you know? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still going to say that it was like 80%, 88% the, um, uh, the beverages. Oh, yeah. No, no. It was 100% <laughs> the beverages, but it was because we, oh, and then because there was we, another... we convinced ourselves that we were ready to keep going. Oh, but, but, I see what but, you're saying. But yeah. we couldn't maintain a serious conversation no. you know, after having these really funny conversations. I didn't actually name this story. <laughs> the, the concept behind it was a mass genocide on a global scale that was unbiased and non-judgmental, which we, I guess is the same thing. It was perpetrated by a corporation with the cooperation of world governments. Did you ever see The Road or read The Road? Yes. McCormack? Yes, okay. both. So one of the things about The Road that really stuck out to me is, is how people react to desperation, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no solution. It's just this is all not going to go. This is all going to go really badly. You know, the idea is that um, you can, you know, we can predict where global failure is going to happen. It's not going to, you know, the joke that George Carlin was, that had said was like, we're not, you know, we're killing the planet. We're killing ourselves. The planet's going to be fine. We leave and it's going to re- recover, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, the idea I had was that there was a, a series of interviews and news articles about, first it was about uh, this Elon Musk type character who had started a corporation called BLD. It was pronounced Build and whatever it had to do. It was like, you know how Elon Musk is one of the founders of PayPal with that right. kind of concept. It's like he just founded, you know, binary learning development and 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 he made so much money making teaching systems that he was able to go like you know what I'm going to start doing interstellar travel I'm going to figure out interstellar travel much much along the lines of Elon Musk but let's go farther into the future and you're dealing with the daughter of that person okay okay so the daughter of that person has been running this program for I don't know 8 for 50 years, 60 years, something like that, okay? And the program is... Okay, hold on. I feel like if I just give it away, it's giving it away. So here's the, here's the idea. The idea of the story was you're watching news blurbs first about the launch of the program, of the program to relocate tens of thousands of people to a 
to another planet, right? An, an exoplanet that has been discovered to be right. Earth-like. So Sorry, go ahead. So, so the Elon Musk character or his company eventually figured out interstellar travel. A few things. And yeah, now a, they're a like... A few things. They've right. they discovered interstellar yeah. travel. They discovered cryogenic hibernation. They discovered... Uh, you know, uh, not just interstellar travel, but like faster than light travel and uh, or wormhole technology or something like that. And also, they have found a planet that is so similar to Earth in terms of, you know, that whole Goldilocks zone that they're like, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. That's where we're going to go. So, um, it's a Kepler project I was thinking about that, that you know, identifies... It's identifying planets that are kind of within that Goldilocks zone. So the the, yep. the the concept is that BLD created the ARKs, the ARCs, whatever that stands for. Of course, everything's got to have an acronym. So BUILD, the corporation, created the ARCs, which were interstellar uh, freight conveyances for humans. Okay? So the first set right. of, like, blurby news releases are all about this guy Bennett who's like yeah we've totally figured this out we're going to start sending 10,000 people per or 100,000 people per trip to this other planet and there'll be video of the other planet and video of the arcs and and the explanation for how it all goes down like they load 100,000 people on the arc they all go into cryogenic stasis and then they go boop and they fly away and it takes 100 years no matter how fast they travel fast and light still takes 100 years for them to right. get from here to there and that, that's sort of borrowing from that concept of the uh, what's her face is the Chris Pratt movie where they're like you know she says passengers is that what that's called passengers so the idea yeah, being that name. like she says I'm traveling through time. Like, this is the best thing ever. I go to sleep. I wake up. I'm 100 years older. Everybody I know is gone, but I've traveled through time. So when I come back, which is, you know, something that very few people are able to do, she's like, I I get to see the future. That's massively impressive to her. So so the concept is, is, you know, these people, 100,000 people at a time are being shot into space towards this other planet, right? Going into stasis to do it. So this is the beginning. The beginning is triumphant. Oh my God, look what we've done. Mankind is is united as one and uh, we're going to solve so many of our problems, right? And so BUILD gets this massive contract to (laughs) to build all these arcs, okay? And they start ferrying hundred thousand people at a time to this other planet okay so we start looking at you know the 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 time being spent so like 100 years they you know for 100 years or for not 100 years that would that would be crazy but like for 50 years there's still no word from any of the other ships right we're still getting pingbacks from the ships themselves but the further they go the longer the pingback takes and all this stuff and there's you know good reasoning for all of this for, for all of it to uh, not be suspicious because we're still loading people on and we're loading people on in an unbiased manner. There's simply a lottery. It's not like 
it's not like one day all of a sudden a whole bunch of rich people showed up and look at we got this best right, ship right. and it, it's one hundred percent like unbiased. So like you know the poorest person plus the richest person are side by side. They go through the entire process together, and they go. And it's this unifying, unif- or globally unifying thing. All of the governments of every country is into it because All right, because so- you're in a, you're in a uh, like a you know McCormack the road scenario here where people are just like man we got to go you know people want to yeah, go like so lack of resources you know yeah. pollution but if we so if, quality we, of life if we're is able bad. to like so you can have a lot of money yeah there's already this whole like they they already had this whole you know what's the word I'm like not eugenics is eugenics the right word where they where they like basically sterilize mass quantities of people so like you know maybe that's part of the story where it's you know hey listen sterilization mass sterilization didn't work people snuck off and they had kids anyways and you know we, we're just hitting this point where we just cannot su- support life on this planet yeah you could even say that the damage has already been done at that point so even if the, they did bring the population back down it, which it's just impossible to, to do well, on a global scale so the idea I had I, I didn't want it to be a foregone conclusion that the earth was going to go Right, like there was no, like, but it's, like there's it's, this whole like, well, if we stay here, we're gonna be okay because we're we're getting rid of so many people at a time. But one hundred thousand yeah, people yeah, is yeah. really no, nothing. Absolutely, when you're a billion. that's what I'm saying. It's like you would almost want the rich people would be like, I'm just gonna stay because I have money here. Yeah, yeah, like they, they I have I've, I've got my, here. I've created a dome. I don't need to worry about yeah. it. But the people, what the, happens? The people who who are leaving. Listen, what happens when the rich okay. people who have a dome? One of their kids goes because it's a it's a globally incentivized program. You have to do it. If you get drawn, you go. Oh, you have to. Okay. Do it. okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is like this is you know say it's a global martial law system, but it's still you know everybody's still kind of into it because oh my god, look at paradise mm-hmm. coming up. So okay, so there's that, and it's totally fine. And then we start having a series of interviews with this guy. Adam Eltrange, what's made up name, who is uh, the whistleblower, okay? And the idea is that he says, you know, this is, it's all bullshit. The entire thing is bullshit. We're not saving anybody. We're putting people into a big fucking box and shooting them into the sun or wherever. We're just shooting them into space. Okay. Right. We didn't figure out cryogenics. We figured out a great, you know, gas that just knocks people out and kills them. And then we just shoot them into the sun. <laughs> or we, you know, we slingshot around something. Part of the process of like getting to this other planet is a slingshot maneuver that has to happen using the sun or something. And we just don't bother. You know, we just go boop and like shoot them right in the sun and kill them. Or worse thing ever is we just empty out the ship so we've made two ships and so like we're doing two whatever is a day we do two ships and like halfway through we just shoot a ship past wherever because we have figured out pretty fast travel we dump the contents onto this other planet and shoot the ship back and fill it back up because we're just emptying the planet we're just trying to empty the planet to make it livable Okay. Right. And the only reason this guy who works for Build is the whistleblower is he watched his family, like some members of his family, get on the ship because they're not. You're not allowed to talk about it. You know what I mean? 
Right, right, So right, he right. kind of, he's like, uh, you know, I watched my brother, and uh, based off of the way the, the lottery worked, you know, he was asked, do you, do you want to offset three other, you know, lottery tokens and just take your family with you? And he did. And I watched my brother die, my wife's, or my brother's wife die, and my, my niece and nephew. Like, he watched it. Like, so, like, the whole scene is, mm-hmm. like, he's watching mm-hmm. these people, like, breathe their last and then mm-hmm. get shipped off. And he's just like, that's it. I can't do it. But he's been part of it for 20-something years, right? Like, he's a manager of some sort where he's, like, worked for this company and just went, oh, my God, I cannot believe I just facilitated the death of my family. Right? So, so he didn't know at first. No, he one hundred percent knew. He knew, but he oh, doesn't he, know who's okay. getting on the, knew, on the on the ship. Right. So only okay. when they're actually getting on the okay. ship, and he's part of the management system, going like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Eltron. Oh my God, Eltron. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. like, oh my God, it's right, my brother right. and his kids and his wife. Like that's this is, and he can't do anything about it because if he does, it's all part of this whole military industrial complex situ- situation and mm. you know, security. Like they, they they would still get killed, and he would he would be killed because it's like this ridiculously com- convoluted you know security system. So he does eventually blow the whistle on it, and the middle portion of this whole thing is that she's at the Hague the the uh, sorry the the daughter the daughter her name is Ryland Bennett yeah. I pictured her as a female in her late sixties early seventies like I think of her as like Helen Mirren you know like super oh, well nice. put together very gracious like and 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 haughty you know what I mean like H A U G H T Y for people that, yeah, that yeah. are interested in that kind of uh, language uh, someone who is, can can come off as very superior because she's been superior her whole life. And she runs this crazy big company, and she knows that no matter what she says, while she's in front of some world tribunal, you know, she has the the blessing of every government in the world. Right? Like, this is, this is like the Panama right, right. Papers. Right. When the Panama Papers came out, yep. we were like, holy shit, rich people are fucking over poor people. And they're, you know, they're making tons of money and poor people aren't. And boy, it's going to be amazing when they get their comeuppance. And uh, what's happened out of that? Have there been a whole bunch of rich rich people like trotted before the courts going, well, of course, that's what I do. That's what we all do. And the courts go, I know, it's weird, right? You know, like, so she's she's 100% not worried about it. So like, It's the worst. <laughs> it's weird, right? Isn't that weird? So strange. What an oddity. Do you have any cognac? <laughs> I'd like to have a cognac. I, I had a quail this morning that was quite delicious. So, you know, so she's basically, you know, part of this whole thing. Like, she knows it's a conspiracy, but she doesn't give a shit. Because she sees it as a right. civic service or civil yeah, civic... Right. Or civic duty is like Civil I am going service. to I am going to help the I'm helping the planet so whatever you got to say to right. me I don't I don't really care you know um, and you know here's the so 
there's that. There's this whole thing. So what I wanted to do is I wanted this to be primarily about the news stories. You know, so you could do the Fox News version versus the CNN version versus MSNBC versus like interviewing world leaders who are like, you know, that whole uh, plausible deniability thing, Uh, but who are 100% on board. <laughs> because because they're like, well, I have this power, but you know, what good is it if, you know, the entire planet just dries up into a fucking tumbleweed. So so um I I like the idea. I like it a lot. Okay, I'm not done. Um Oh, okay. okay. I know I know I know you want, <laughs> I want I know you want to get to it. And I I am sorry. The, the idea is that, that a lot of this is held out through or told through the lens of the media, right? Like people going like, right. bye, Uncle Steve. And then like, and, you know, turning it on them going like, oh, man, I can't wait for my turn and being all excited. And then like 30 years later, what's his name? Like spits out like, oh, man, this, this isn't cool. We're actually killing people. So the idea is that that most of that. So the first two-thirds are involving news blips and interviews with with the, the the father Bennett and the daughter Bennett and how they're you know making things better and the new arc system is so much better and yada 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 and then she's on trial and while she's on trial she starts to say like you know uh, you know yeah we have this whole fake reporting system it's, it's totally fine um, but you know <laughs> I don't really care because we have perfected uh, uh, faster than light travel. We have perfected cryogenic stasis systems and we have discovered a planet in which we can all live. And I am actually a clone and, you know, Bennett is, Rylan Bennett is on this other, is on her way to this other planet and it's not going to take 50 years. It's going to take 10 years you know what I mean so this whole the whole twist was that like part of the reason that she doesn't care is she's not there anymore she's entirely disassociated right. from the the system and if you want to go get her you need to go in her <laughs> conveyances to get her <laughs> because she's the only one that's figured it out right now tell me why you don't like what I what I thought of no, no, it's not that I don't like it. Oh, I, like I did it a lot. call it something. I, I Bennett it, Laser Dynamics. Oh, shit. That's what I called it. Okay. Bennett Laser Dynamics. I looked it up. Yeah, I looked up what I called it. Yeah. Bennett Laser Dynamics. Right. I don't know. Whatever it meant. Okay, go ahead. It feels like... It feels like... A, like, I mean... I'm picturing parts of contact. Um, sure. There's also... There's there's a, there's a definitely sort of like um, a parallel to uh, the story in The Watchmen comic oh it's all done it's already been, like, it's it's a predetermined situation yeah, yeah. but not this, i mean that's that's the point that everyone always uh um sort of uh hangs on is that idea that oh he, he he gave away his plot but he did it after it was done which was very smart right uh, because it kind of turns that that trope on its head but the the interesting thing about uh, or one of the other interesting things about uh the watchman is that the heroes are like there's this injustice you've you're doing you've killed all these people right. you've done this you have to pay for your crimes and they're just like uh, Ozymandias just says 
if you do that, you'll undone everything that you you'll undo everything that I've done. Right. Which will throw the world back into war and back into chaos. Right. And all those deaths will mean nothing. Right. So that whole idea of like if there's an injustice that ends up being for the greater good, what do you do? Sure. Well, here's because the we have here's this, the problem this, is that Watchmen was written in an era where instant social media and and reactions weren't there. We didn't have the 24-hour news cycle. Do you know what I mean? So like yep. now the yep. people writing the Watchmen now would very likely not write it the way they did because the the idea that you could have a secret well that was weird the idea that you could have a secret portion of a big news story is kind of unheard of now this right. is like almost 20 years after the Watchmen was written what I what I thought was like how do you play upon the concept of there really not being very many secrets when when you do decide to go public. I think the interesting thing about the news, for instance, is I can remember finding out about something that happened in another <laughs> country or another continent a day after it happened. Whoa, no kidding. And, and now right. it's like all I need to do is go on Instagram and look on my explore feed and some shit is going on and it's like, wow. Like this is happening right now, or look look at this live feed from Italy. There's a, a a bridge falling down. Like we would not have known about that 15 years ago. That would have happened as a small right. news blurb on the newspaper. You know. Now I kind of so see that- it as being instant. Like like one bit of information would have showed up, and then all of a sudden a torrent right. of information would have showed up. But that's that sort of brings. Uh, brings to light my next point, okay. which is I've always had a huge problem with massive conspiracies. Right. Where there's so many people involved. Right. Where I'm just like, it, it just, it wouldn't stay secret for long. But, there's just no way. But if, it, let's just, let's just pretend that not everybody well, at BLD, not everybody knows that the ARCs are just death machines. Right. And that's, so, so let me just play this out. Okay. So, um, so my problem is always, in, in, in your particular case, uh, imagine Earl, who works at BLD and knows about what's going on. Yeah, that would have been gone so much faster then. Right? Because you know, his, his name comes up in the lottery, and he's like, I got no family, I got nothing, but I don't want to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to blow the no, lid no, off man. of this Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So, right? so, so the limit to so the, who I think knows. the idea is that if there's... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You limit the amount of people who know the truth. If it's the world government and it's like it's like select people within the world governments, it's it's select people at build and then everything is kind of run by machine where right. you would normally have There's a lot of automation. So I think Right. Yeah, and a lot so, of like the ships fly themselves. So what that sort what if thing, it right? what so if it no was crew. instead that this guy Adam Eltrange like what if he just stumbled upon a manifest and realized that his or, brother was already gone? Right, but he could he could also be, he could also be involved and in build in a way in a capacity where he's just figured something out because he has he has knowledge he has something that yeah he's asked to check on the formulation of the cryogenic stasis stuff and he happens to have like a, a yeah, degree or of like the trajectory or, of the ship yeah. You know, like, like they haven't adjusted it in however like, many years, but there have been a series of sunspots or something that has thrown yeah. off guidance or, systems. 
Jeez, or he's an astronomer, and you know he's like, listen, I've been, you know, like I've been looking at the night sky, and there's this this speck that I keep seeing in front of the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, like, and it's like it, it's it's got to be something that's close to us because this the speed is oh, it's the ship, right? It's an arc. It's not actually, you know, it's you like, haven't actually shot. But it's it not going where it's supposed to be going. Yeah, you know, something along those lines. Oh, anyway, no, he, I he like can, this a lot. Okay, okay, keep going. I'm listening. I like this. So, so I just feel like if if the like to uh, airtight conspiracies for me are just like it, it like there's just so many if there how would you make it airtight? It just I don't know. Um, no, like, especially something like that. You're what, you're the, absolutely right. Like the lunar landing conspiracy, I, it really interested me. But when I started thinking about it, it's like somebody, anybody, oh, would at a bar at some point, you know. There's too many you know, people in Charles. Charles is 78 years old. And he's on his deathbed, and he was involved. And he turns to like his his son and the nurses and says, "It was all bullshit." It was all bullshit. You know, I painted the rocks, and you know, and then someone says, "Oh well, well then the government kills those nurses and his son, so they don't speak." Yeah. you know, and it's like, but we don't, we don't. That, that's not a thing that happened, right. and and we get like you said, we're getting to this point where. Like, I, let me, Grandpa, let me pull out my phone and video you saying that, and then put it up on Instagram thirty seconds yeah, later. Exactly. You know, like, I love this. Actually, I think this is great. It pokes a giant hole in my logic, and and it it makes it better. Like I, to, and it's not even it's not yeah. And I and I'm, I'm not faulting you. I'm oh, saying shit, that no, this no. is this is a common issue with any kind of conspiracy story, and I think. What if, for me, especially, especially because your story is is really about the sort of like, what is the realistic reaction to something like this? What is mm-hmm. what is the realistic fallout of something like this? And so to 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 just sort of like hand wave the conspiracy part of it, I think would do it a disservice. Mm-hmm. And I think to think about it and think about that that conspiracy in a more complex manner, in in some ways that hasn't really been done in. Um, at least not in popular sci-fi culture. Yeah. Like even even X Files, like you can poke holes in that conspiracy so quickly, where you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I like it, Stefan. I knew there was a reason I liked you. I like what you're doing here. Like this to me was <laughs> the, no, it, I, and I mean this. This like uh, I've I had uh, here's here's the problem with with what I'd written. And, and how I thought of it. I could see how it could play out. And the problem had been that even... I, I, I love the idea of this bulletproof conspiracy thing. So, you know, there's an old... I don't even know how old the saying is, but there's a guy that used to wear a t-shirt that said, two people can keep a secret if one of them is dead. And <laughs> and, and to me, I like it's it. like... I, I say it, I actually have said it a lot. And, the, and everybody goes, whoa, that's a really dark way to look at it. But... It is true. Like, it, say, say you know, the ARC system, like, the only people that really knew that the ARC system was entirely bullshit, they're all dead. And not because of anything conspiratorial. It's just, you know, they had, they had made promises, they signed contracts in which their families in perpetuity would never be put on the ARCs. Un, un, oh. You know, and so, like, you know, maybe it was like, for for forty five years, that was one hundred percent true, and then they made the breakthrough. So, like, you know, I always thought I thought the weakest right. part of my story was the the idea that they had actually figured it all out. 
and and that and that you know Rylan Bennett, who's in her seventies, would go like, "Yeah, I've totally done interstellar travel." She wouldn't do that, you know what I mean? Like that to me was the weakest part. But really, the weakest part is this guy Adam, the guy that yeah. blew the whistle. Who I pictured as Richard right. Roundtree, by the way, a mid seventies man of color, oh, okay. that uh, big dude that that wouldn't be afraid to come forward. Everything else is like, oh man, I really like it. I really like this this concept of. I don't have to answer to you, but this is this is why what's going on is going on. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I like yeah, your yeah. twist on it. I think it's I think it's a and it's a much better a much better story for it. There's a lot of interesting things you could play on that as well because you've already got the 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 character of the daughter who who feels like she's doing, you know, she's doing civilization a service. Yes. Right. Yes. This is this is the one way forward, and and I mean, and that's a compelling argument. That's the thing that's interesting. Is that you're like, well, shit, things have gotten better. Things are getting better now that the population is decreasing, right? So I do have I do have a point that I want to make about the lottery. Okay. And I think it's another point where um, you end up having people who don't. They're, they're basically being forced to do something against their will. Which makes it very, yeah, which makes it very difficult to be justifiable. Is what, because you just have, you'd have people who'd rebel against them. Yeah, stuff. it would and, get bad but fast, What I'm right? saying is, you just don't, you don't need that, yeah. right? Like, if, if, if the situation is that life on Earth is tough, and... Yep. There's pollution and there's overpopulation and there's a scarcity of resources and it's definitely going to the point where you have the rich who can afford to have like air scrubbers and get all the food and the poor, which is like ninety nine, like it's like the 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 ninety nine percent, right? They're like it's just they're getting poorer and poorer. They have nothing. Yeah, and eventually they get to the point where they almost have nothing to lose. Well, and that becomes so a re- revolution. Say, if they have nothing right. to lose, but then, then it's like revolution over. Like, but this is the thing that's interesting. That's the trajectory that things were going on. It was going that that was the trajectory that was going on. People were getting to the point where they were like, "There's going to be an uprising of the the ninety nine percent." Yes, they're going to they're going to they're going to it's going to be bad. So, hey, we solved the problem. Right, we're going to st- we're starting a colony off world. And how it works is you don't need any money. Yes. And uh, you you just sign up. You sign up, um, you know, like the new world awaits. Yeah, but... Get on board. Okay, and, get frozen. And, you know, and, and, and that's absolutely Think of the way it, like it goes. The Wild but West. here's the problem, is that people that are eager to do that sort of thing are adventurers, they have spirit, they're already contributors. Like, the idea behind right? this whole lottery concept was there are people that really aren't contributing. You can't just, you right. can't just throw them on another planet and expect that all of a sudden they're going to be good at something. It's a concern, and it... it to me, it's, it's it's always problematic because when you start talking about colonizing another planet, the, the first discussion becomes, well, the engineers are going to have to be there. The architects probably will have to be there. There's going to be have to carpenters and possibly electricians. Right. And but like but what you start to be doing, perfectly honest, yeah. you won't need any of that stuff when we actually start colonizing other planets because humans won't be doing that stuff anymore. It'll all be machines. Well, yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, if you keep it, if you keep it to the automated and just and you make it so that it's like. The habitation I units and all shit is all like automated. You just plug and play. Yeah, and it's just like I have, and and I mean, remember, 
they just need to sell it to people. Right. Right. Like, it doesn't have to be real. true. Right. Right. So they just sell it to people as being, and I mean, that could be part of the interesting thing in the story is as you're reading it or watching it, you're thinking, oh man, this is this is such a far-fetched idea that would never work. And then you realize, oh, it is actually a far-fetched idea because it was just It really didn't propaganda. ever work. Right. Anyways, look, I, so, I, so I, I, yeah. I, I really, you know what, like I, I really like the way this changed. I, I love the concept of the whistleblower not necessarily being somebody of interest within the organization. I didn't realize what a crush it was until you sort of said it. But that's another thing. It'd be interesting is if you had, if there, like, I mean, a whistleblower is usually somebody who's on the inside who, who has information that others don't, right? And, you know, so it might be, go ahead. It might be interesting if there's multiple sources. Like there's the astronomer who sees the sh- the ship, like an astronomy club. Like, yeah, it, yeah, and it could even be a kid. Oh, right? like it could be some kid who's in, in an astronomy mm. club. You know, I, I always, I, I think, I think the thing is, is that what it needs to be is like multiple reports, right, from various sources. Is like, yeah, is exactly. like, hey. Did anybody else see that weird thing going across the sun? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you went and then so that, at, like stellar photographers and stuff like that, they're all pointing their camera at the same fucking thing. So so look, I mean if I was if, if I was writing this as a book, I would probably write it um, with multiple point of view characters. Right. So you'd have like um, I probably wouldn't use the kid himself as as a as a point of view character, but like the 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 science teacher in the high school that helps run the astronomy club, right, 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 and the kid who sees the thing, uh, and then and then the the teacher is like helping him. Let me, oh, let's find out what it is. Let's see, let's let me show you how it works when we talk to other astronomy clubs around the world. We just go on this bulletin yeah, board. And we talk yeah, about yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And then yeah, he's, yeah. he's like, the oh, I thought I was just helping like this blank, kid. Blank yeah. sunspot or something. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, we're all taking a picture of that. And there's this guy who has this filter yeah. that filters out all the sunlight. And now look at this. It's actually a build ship. It's an arc. Yeah. I, that's, I love exactly. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then I'd have the character who like who who is somebody who works within um, build potentially doing something with like the cryo units that actually just kill people. Right. right? And and like like ah, he whatever so his job is he's he begins to realize he's like oh shit I'm killing something's people off of these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why why are there no like like. Uh, uh, air. Why is there no air? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. like so the way the way cryo units, you always, uh, hist- I guess historically speaking, but like some cryo units are essentially like you just drop them into. Like I'm thinking of uh, Demolition Man, where it's like you end up in like a, it, a block of ice, essentially. What I'd love to see is is he's he. You have a character who's working on the cryo uh, pods uh-huh. that they've created that actually do work, right? And he's like, "Wow!" Right? And the he's ones like, that "Don't like they're re- they really don't." But or or he's just like he does the thing where he's like, you know, like I know no one else has done this yet, but I need to go back and I need to compare this to, like the first generation models, right? You know, uh, you but know, no one knows he's get, doing like, a full it. Spectrum. He's just doing a check. Yeah, you know, he's just doing it because he wants to do, like a full spectrum to see like the range of how they've improved or right. something. Or he's right? He's super proud and of he what goes he back. did and. And the numbers are all off, and he's like, "I don't understand. Like, if if this if these numbers are to be trusted, what what this means is that like that like the first three generations of of cryosleep pods are boxes were were like <laughs> completely ineffective. Yeah. Oh like man! They, they, they See, this were, is why we talk. You know, and then he's like, "Oh, 
Yeah. Listen, totally. Listen, this is why we talk. This is why we're doing this. Listeners, this is one of those moments where in I told the story <laughs> and I thought, oh man, I can see a bunch of stuff I'm not all that into. But I, I'm going to keep going. It's not like I'm powering through it. So here's here's the thing about you and I telling stories to each other. Now that we're in, we're now at you know, eleven episodes in. I think it's time we can we can share this with the people that listen. We're not intentionally powering through bad ideas. We're just letting the other person know about the idea. So I'm not I'm right. not defending or trying to figure out why the idea is good or bad. Like I really am just letting you know. This was the idea. And I love what you've been coming up with. Yay. No, don't. I mean, but is that not that, unless I'm missing something here, this is what the whole purpose of this podcast is. Yeah, absolutely. So I love what you've been coming up with. I would love to see us rewrite this from the perspective of some, you know, amateur astronomy class that like... There's some science teacher who's like, hey, did you guys see that thing on the sun? Yeah. You know, and like, oh, there's some guy in Brazil still, who's like, the hashtag is now like arc ship, maybe, or something. Yeah, and I would still do all the news Love stuff. It. Like I would yeah. do, I would do sort of like a, a, a constant jump between the story from a global perspective yeah. which is told through the media so you it's also an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. but then also jumps into the more personal story with the characters themselves and and, and yeah. the one who are sort yeah. of involved with this whistleblowing um, yeah i because that to me is then very compelling you're not you're not just staying at, at this it. high level the entire time Stefan, i love anyway, it great idea thank you thank you it is such a pleasure to share ideas with you Likewise. Yeah. Okay. Likewise. So we are, I would think we're, we're done. I, I love what happened. I, I would love to hear what the listeners think of this episode. So please contact us. You can contact admin at can't sell this podcast.com. And we'd love to hear from you. This is it. This is the end of the episode. Yeah. I have been one of your hosts who may or may not have been chosen in the lottery <laughs> to join the ARC, uh, Stefan Grambart. And I would be your other host, who definitely was in charge of the whole conspiracy, Q Elliot. No! Right. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliot. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Recording engineer at Studio 306. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com. See you.